Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazem. And today we're discussing chapters 92 and 93. Woo! Yay! Only violence. two. Woo! <laughs> violence! Yeah, lots of violence. <laughs> There's a lot of chomping and fighting and blowing stuff yeah. up. It's pretty great. That's one of the most like viscerally gruesome scenes, in my opinion, in this in these chapters. There's a lot of there's a lot of gore. Yes, mm-hmm. there's multiple. <laughs> not, I'm not gonna say bad, but multiple mm-hmm. intense fight scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fight. I feel like the um, the gore and dismemberment and whatnot has escalated re- as of late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Which makes yeah. Sense. I think We're toward the end of the series, we had kind mm-hmm. of a lull for a while, didn't we? Mm-hmm. It was like Ed Ed got impaled, and then oh, yeah. there was like some fights, and then mm-hmm. you know Pride was like chomping down the trees and stuff. Yeah, there's lots of like got out okay, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. lots of like recovery and planning and stuff going on for mm-hmm. a little while. Multiple so. people were impaled this time, and like mm-hmm. yeah. m- multiple people impaled. Sloth was impaled. <laughs> people were chomped. Like that's impaling zombies. by the teeth. Yes, yeah. many many yeah. tiny impalements. impalements. <laughs> 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 and uh like scar blew up some of the zombies so there was a significant amount of gore yeah. so yeah i want i'm interested to see which scene it is but i'm gonna ask you later mm-hmm. what, that you think is the goriest scene or whatever or the most not really gory episode. just kind of it's the one that makes you kind of go like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell me later all right i will <laughs> i'm gonna make a note i'm not gonna forget i'll probably pause to mention it Okay. Yeah, you'll probably feel like you'll read it and then be like, ew, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this before, but I always feel like Full Malcolmus, it's like, it's a fairly positive series overall, so you kind of uh-huh. forget just how gory it can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, like, not necessarily what I, I would say that I was, like, expecting. You know, like, when you start reading it, you're like, oh, well, I mean, there's, like, the opening where they're all, like, you know, the bloody children and whatnot, yeah. child dismemberment. But then you're like, it's going to be okay. They've, like, learned from their <laughs> mistakes, but, you know. It, no, it's not. It's still a. Mm-hmm. It's still a. There's a lot of fighting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna uh, do our uh, discussion or summary recap, uh, then discuss uh, all the violence and the other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was non. Well, it was mostly violence. This it episode. Was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. I would say primarily mm-hmm. marked by violence. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was com- camaraderie too. Mm-hmm. During the violence. During the violence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chapter 92 opens with a short flashback to like five minutes earlier to see more of Alan Heinkel's conversation as he hands over the Philosopher's Stone. Al starts to protest, but Heinkel says, I know. This is made from human lives. Your brother told me that you refused to use this to get your original bodies back. Then instead of using it for yourselves, use it to protect this world. You still consider those sacrificed souls to be human, even though they've been turned into a tiny pebble like this. That's why I'm asking you to use it. No matter how much their physical appearance has been altered, everyone wants to fight to protect what's important to them. He holds the stone out once more. Let these people fight too. Al bows his head somberly and holds out his hands to accept the stone. Okay, he says. I understand. Let's fight the enemy together. Back in the present, Al holds up the stone as he faces off against Pride and Kimberly, who are both very shocked by this new development. Al starts off by kicking up another dust cloud, but quickly becomes more and more creative with the newfound power granted by the Philosopher's Stone, creating weapons that ignore equivalent exchange as well as the laws of physics, and taking hard hits because he can simply regenerate whatever chunks of his armor he lost. He eventually incapacitates Pride with a good old-fashioned fake-out, generating a fake flash bomb in his hand to draw Pride's focus while setting off the real one he had created from the ground at his feet. Pride cringes back from the blinding light, and Al quickly seals him up in a smaller version of Hohenheim's Mound of Earth. With that done, Al breathes a small sigh of relief, then turns to face Kimberly, who is just now picking himself up from one of Al's earlier attacks. The power of the Philosopher's Stone is truly amazing, Kimberly says. I've used it myself, so I fully understand what it can do. But there's one thing I don't understand. Why not use the power of that stone to change your body back to its original form? With the stone in your possession, you could easily escape from us. You could find your brother, and the two of you would be back to normal, just like that. Then wouldn't that be the end of your journey? Al says, we wouldn't be able to save anyone by doing that. But you could achieve your ultimate goal. 
You know how things work. In order to get something, another thing must be sacrificed. But Al has another thought. Either we get our original bodies back but can't save anyone, or we give up on our goals so we can save everyone. Those aren't the only two available choices, you know? Who's to say that we can't get our flesh and blood bodies back and save everyone? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at Kimberly. He's very, <laughs> very surprised. You mean the panel where he's like got his arms crossed? And then uh, also on the previous page above it when uh, he's saying, you know, why are there two choices? He also has a similar expression. It's very, oh, <laughs> yes, he also has his arms crossed there too. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about the but yeah, the, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's always he's always kind of interested when people challenge his like existing worldview with mm-hmm. like their own. <laughs> yeah. He's been known mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. To be like, yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, it's not it's not truly equivalent that they can't they can't save the world and save themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, why does yeah. Kimberly think that? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Kimberly asks about the law of equivalent exchange, and Al says humanity's advancement is founded on looking for new possibilities instead of being bound by general principles. Kimberly, as always, is intrigued by hearing a new philosophy. Oh, I see. In other words, if you're successful, then the laws of nature will change to fit the new reality. But then he points out that there's still one other possibility. You won't be able to regain your original bodies or save anyone. Kimberly grins, his own philosopher's stone held between his teeth, and Al barely has time to throw up his hands to counter Kimberly's attack as the explosion rocks the battlefield. Back at Central HQ, Olivier is facing off against Sloth, dodging as he swings around the heavy chains hanging from his wrists. Hitting you is too much work, he complains. She fires off several shots with the gun she's still holding, but as they still don't have much of an effect, she soon tosses it aside. From the other end of the hall, some poor, unaware soldiers armed with riot shields have arrived to try and execute Olivier for treason, only to be immediately knocked out by Sloth's swinging chain before the leader can even give the order to fire. What a fool, keeping your men bunched up in a situation like this, Olivier says, unimpressed. She kneels down to take a grenade off one of the probably dead soldiers, pulls the pin, and tosses it at Sloth. The explosion destroys much of the hallway, and Olivier, ducking behind a pillar to avoid the shrapnel, hopes that that at least wounded the homunculus. No such luck, though, as Sloth emerges from the smoke to close his massive hands around the pillar and Olivier both, beginning to crush her body against the stone. Time to die, Lady General, he says slowly. Olivier winces in pain, a hint of panic showing in her face, until suddenly something large and sparkly joins the fray, (laughs) hitting Sloth hard and knocking him back. Hello, sister, Alex Armstrong cries, flexing his gleaming muscles. I trust that you're all right. His gleaming bustles. <laughs> They're definitely gleaming. Look at them. I mean, you're right. <laughs> I was just really happy when this happened and I wanted to say it right now. <laughs> Olivier grins. Who do you think you're talking to, Alex? She quickly explains the nature of the beast they're facing to her brother, and then the siblings resume the attack, working together this time. Alex pummels Sloth with hard and fast blows, using his alchemy to transmute projectiles from the rubble underneath them. When one hits hard enough to break skin, a burst of blood gushing from Sloth's head, Olivier leaps into action, jumping from above and embedding her sword deep into its skull before tearing it free again on her way back to the ground. Good, she says as Sloth staggers back, clutching at his wound. It can be damaged beneath its skin. Dying is too much work, Sloth complains as his regenerative ability kicks in. He groans as he hobbles back toward the Armstrongs. Too much work. Too much work. Fighting with all my strength is way too much work. What? Alex says, as he and Olivier start to look wary. From behind them, more soldiers suddenly arrive. They start to order Olivier to put down her weapons before noticing the giant homunculus in the room. And they barely have time to wonder what the hell that thing is before, wham! Sloth suddenly shoots back between the Armstrong siblings and crashes into the soldiers, slamming them all brutally into the wall. Sloth turns around. I missed, he mumbles. Olivia and Alex do a little comedic, confused pointing before Sloth launches again toward his actual intended target. Olivier swings her sword, just grazing him, but she also gets hit in the exchange. Such speed, she mutters, gripping her now bleeding arm. This thing. All this time it was just being lazy. Alex weirdly checks in with her, but she insists he just grazed her arm. She asks if he was able to follow Sloth's movements, but Alex says it was just a blur. Being able to move at that speed despite its weight, it's a bit unfair, isn't it? Yep, Sloth confirms, I'm the fastest homunculus. And he shoots off into the wall again, with Alex and Olivier just barely managing to jump out of its way. 
Maybe this thing is so fast it can't control its own movement, Olivier thinks out loud. But then Sloth turns impossibly fast and attacks her again, slamming brutally into the wall. Got you, at last, Sloth mumbles. But not quite, because Alex jumped in just in time to save his sister, shaking and sweating with effort as he braces himself against the wall and pushes back against Sloth's force. In desperation, he punches down, his alchemy tearing apart the floor and sending Sloth down to the next level, giving the Armstrongs a brief moment of respite. Alex, Olivier shouts, and her brother, wincing as he clutches his arm, says, It's only a dislocation. And you, sis? She spits out blood and begins to struggle back to her feet. Just a fracture. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. Yes. <laughs> and that's all the time they get to collect themselves, as Sloth comes bursting back up through the floor. The already damaged structure now shatters, and Alex and Olivier both fall down to the floor below, showered by debris. Alex struggles to his knees and looks around for his sister, only to see Sloth looming out of the dust. Gonna finish you off and take a nap, he declares, before leaping toward Alex. Sloth continues to be hashtag relatable. <laughs> Just like the whole time, every time he says something, I kept laughing. It's like, huh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be laughing. They're getting pummeled. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. too much work. I'm so fast. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting is too much work. Dying is too much work. You can finish this and then take a nap. I'm just like going to finish this and take a nap. I had a, like a flashback to writing papers in college when you mm-hmm. said that. <laughs> From there, we cut back to the city outskirts, where Kimberly's explosion has freed Pride once again, though Al is nowhere to be seen. Kimberly isn't too bothered by that, though, taking his usual pleasure in the quote-unquote music of the battlefield. Ah, how exquisite. The collision of two strong wills produces such a beautiful sound. Oh, Kimberly, you weirdo. <laughs> it's not going to be having fun for long, though. Yeah. Pride sniffs the air and says that Al is still nearby, and Kimberly says that of course he is. He wouldn't run away. He picks up a handful of pebbles and uses small explosions to send them flying in all directions into the cloud of dust and smoke. And when he hears one ping off Al's armor, he immediately sends an attack in that direction, blowing Al clear of his cover. Al immediately kicks up another smoke screen, which Pride scoffs at, and when Al attacks from behind, he's immediately caught up in Pride's shadows once again. Checkmate, Pride says smugly, but Al remains completely calm. Are you sure? he asks. Now I'll show you how tenacious humans can be. Pride scowls and slams Al's arms more firmly into the ground, shadows beginning to cut through the wrist of the hand clenched into a tight fist. You may have a philosopher's stone, but there's no way you can defeat us on your own. Who said I was alone? Al shouts back, and he opens his fist, revealing an empty hand. Pride and Kimberly both react with alarm. Where did he put the stone? Pride wonders, before a new scent on the wind catches his notice. It can't be. This dust cloud wasn't just meant to give Alphonse cover. He was using it to conceal the actions of his allies downwind, where my sense of smell can't reach. And within the smoke screen, Marco kneels by scraps of bloodied bandages, the Philosopher's Stone in his hand. Kimberly, Pride shouts, they're coming from down! But the warning comes too late, as Heinkel, healed up and in his lion form, lunges out of the desk and gruesomely closes his sharp fangs around Kimberly's neck. That's the end of 92. Is this the one? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... Oh no! <laughs> the most I was like not Kimberly, but Kimberly, but not Kimberly. I mean, <laughs> I was like, am I happy about this? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he made it to nearly the end. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> I mean, well, he's, he doesn't. He's not dead. He yet. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't not deserve it. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's just like yeah, you're like Ugh, just the yeah. the like animalistic way it, it like mm-hmm. plays out, and, like yes. especially a pan in a panel early on in the next chapter where. Like Heinkel is like hunched over with the like body hanging from his from his teeth, and he's like clenching mm-hmm. tighter on the neck. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's, I, I was like, we'll show you how tenacious humans can be, but he's more than human, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, I think it was more the, uh, gruesome. <laughs> yeah, I think he was speaking more about the, uh, like the team effort and ingenuity yeah. involved in getting to mm-hmm. that point, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> he may be half lion but he's also half human so yeah yeah and it's not even that bloody like when the actual attack happens but it's yeah, just but he's chomping his yeah neck yeah. they don't normally go for the neck you know yeah when they fight i think it's because you know i don't know like you can't tell for a long time if kimberly's alive or not so you're like oh he just crushed his neck that yeah just happened, you mm-hmm. know <laughs> his suit i mean yeah <laughs> the mo- the biggest casualty that was, of the day. <laughs> yeah yeah he was basically asking for a serious wound like that the minute he put on the white suit <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent. 
Chapter 93 picks up right where we left off, with blood gushing from Kimberly's throat as Heinkel takes him to the ground. He lands in an animalistic crouch, glaring fiercely at Pride with Kimberly's body hanging limply from his jaws. Pride sends out a retaliatory shadow, and Heinkel drops Kimberly and flinches back, grabbing his body and holding it up in front of himself. To his surprise and Al's, Pride stops the attack, and they wonder why. Based on what they've seen of Pride's personality, they wouldn't think using Kimberly as a shield would cause him to even hesitate. But it doesn't seem to be any sort of mercy motivating Pride, as he smirks and licks his lips as he backs off on the attack. I see, he says. Just as you said, humans are a tenacious lot. But your kind can never win, not while Father is in Central City. Not that that's your problem. You'll never leave this place alive. With that, he sends a sharp shadow shooting toward Marco. But suddenly a car comes careening onto the scene, deflecting the attack and then slamming into Pride and knocking him back. Al, now freed, jumps up and wonders who the heck that was. And behind the wheel of the car, with terrified tears running down his face, Yoki cries out in surprise triumph, I, I did it? I did it! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he did Good job, it. Yoki, you did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, even boys happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hurries to jump in the car, with Marco praising Yoki for actually coming, and Yoki continuing to tearfully crow about having actually done something for once. <laughs> <laughs> Pride starts to get back to his feet, and Heinkel throws Kimberly's body at him to knock him back down and buy a little more time for the car to go speeding off again. Pride furiously tries to attack anyway, but he only succeeds in tearing the roof off of the car, which makes Yoki start screaming, but Heinkel just <laughs> shouts at him to shut up and keep driving until they get to Central. We'll hook back up with Ed and the others so we can destroy that so-called father before that thing catches up to us. But Pride looks surprisingly unbothered as he watches them drive away. Humans like them, blinded by their sense of duty, are so easy to trick, he comments with a sigh. Then a soft wheezing sound catches his attention, and he turns toward Kimberly, who is still barely clinging to life, struggling to draw breath. Oh good, you're still alive, Pride says dryly. He smirks at the blood soaking through Kimberly's clothes. Your suit's new color looks good on you, Kimberly. That old friend of yours is truly the king of the beasts. He followed the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest, and went straight for your throat. It appears you humans aren't at the top of the food chain after all. He watches impassively as Kimberly continues to weave and cough, choking on his own blood. You said that you wanted to see what path the world would choose, didn't you? It must be utterly humiliating to perish in a place like this. Pride pauses to lick his lips again. But don't worry, he says, as his shadows begin to loom overhead. Tendrils slowly reaching out to ensnare Kimberly. You'll continue to live on inside me. That was a creepy-ass panel. <laughs> the whole thing mm -hmm. is horrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he licked his lips twice, and when you're like, he jumps back and lick, licks his lips mm -hmm. like, at the end of the fight, I was like, oh, he already had the idea yeah. <laughs> back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like the bottom of the panel. It just says crunch munch. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that... Um... Just like the way the shadows are drawn in that panel. Oh yeah, it's creepy mm -hmm. as fuck, which is mm -hmm. good. I especially like the little T-Rex hand it has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the little short one, you mean? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I like the three eye like sockets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and the way it starts off like complete shadow at the top and gets a little like more defined toward the bottom with mm -hmm. the teeth. <laughs> yeah, and then it has the like three yeah. D teeth at the mm -hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. Now he's dead, right? Okay. Yeah. Alas, poor Kimberly. <laughs> oh, is there a Kimberly at the back? Oh, I don't want to look now. I'll get a look later. Anyway, never mind. Go on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do I hope listeners probably know. In the back of all the mm -hmm. volumes, in the back of all the original volumes of the manga, so like not in the full metal ones or whatever, there's like these panels of all the characters that died, like going up to heaven or whatever. So mm -hmm. Or not, in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show Tucker. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of funny little gags in that one. It's like they're all like really kind of grim since it's about death, but like Show Tucker being the only one that like burns in hell instead. And then <laughs> there's um like when you think Maria Ross died, she goes up to heaven. But when it's revealed that she's actually alive, it shows her like plummeting back down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Central, Roy has used his alchemy to change their armored ice cream truck into an armored meat truck. <laughs> <laughs> and the group is using this new disguise to drive freely through the city, though they still can't proceed, as all the gates into HQ are locked down tight. Maria asks what they should do, and Roy says, Let's leave the dirty work on the outside to the Briggs guys. We'll take the other route. Within the headquarters building, 
Olivier comes to after plummeting through the floor and blearily asks what happened. She looks around, seeing soldiers with guns pointed in her direction, then looks up. Her eyes go wide and she shouts, Alex! But her brother is all right. He used alchemy to transmute a large spike from the ground, causing Sloth to impale himself as he launched forward. Another fairly gruesome scene. This is yeah. the one I thought you were going to talk about, but yeah. I mean, it was a toss-up between this or Kibley, so. Yeah. <laughs> we know it'll come charging in, so all we have to do is lie in wait, Alex declares triumphantly. Sloth's healing power is slowly kicking in, but with the threat temporarily stopped, Alex turns to check on Olivier. The two siblings begin to get themselves back to their feet, but then the soldiers come forward and hold guns to their heads. Oh yeah, Olivier says, they've issued an order to shoot me on sight. What? That's terrible, Alex cries. I'm going to be head of the family, so you need to sign the proper documents before you die. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I've decided to give the family mansion a Mustang if I die. Better an idiot outsider than a total incompetent like you. Is that how you speak to the person who just saved your life? <laughs> the soldiers are clearly baffled by this bout of sibling bickering and just kind of stand there staring. It's always a joy when there's more than one Armstrong in the same room. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Classic sibling rivalry. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoy Sloth just being like, I don't want to, it's too much work to regenerate. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like impaled on the spike. <laughs> There's something about Sloth that always makes me laugh. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. he's doing. I guess it's just his attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the soldiers are clearly baffled by this bout of sibling bickering and just kind of stand there staring, at least until Sloth begins to move more, drawing their attention and then some ominous noises begin to sound from down the hallway. Could it be Mustang's men? One of the soldiers wonders, moving closer, just in time for a dull soldier to leap out of the dark hallway and chomp down on his head. They're back. No. Yeah. <laughs> I like, it's like, what's that noise? Let's investigate. You've also never yeah. seen the horror movie. <laughs> <clears throat> I feel like the world of a master has probably only just invented movies, so they haven't had time to... <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, don't get deep into the genres <laughs> <laughs> i guess so they're still at like nosferatu level movies or whatever <laughs> i just thought, like you know how um you talk about like technology levels they're on like the bronze age or the space age or whatever yeah, and culture levels yeah you talk about like movie or, like culture levels they're at you know yeah, Nosferatu <laughs> level they're on you know fight club like fight club. Just, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Well, in the Matrix, we never evolved past, or like, the time stopped at Fight Club Lap time, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got it. I made the joke. I finished the joke. <laughs> More of the dolls begin to flood into the room, and the soldiers panic and open fire, though the bullets do nothing to slow them. The soldier with his gun trained on Olivier panically asks if these are Briggs troops, which greatly insults Olivier. <laughs> Don't mistake my powerful troops with those pale, scrawny runts. She then says that they're probably related to Sloth, and that both are being controlled by the same people giving them all their orders. The soldiers are shocked by this. We haven't been informed of any such thing. To which Olivier dismissively replies that it seems their leaders don't care about that one way or another. What will you do? She asks the one still holding a gun on her. If you want, my brother and I can take those monsters on. The soldier hesitates, even as Sloth begins to recover more rapidly and prepares to rejoin the fight, and Olivier pushes the issue. Well, what are you going to do? She demands, leaning forward to press her head against the barrel of the gun. Will you kill us now, only to be slaughtered by that monster? Or will you cooperate with us to bring it down? Make your own choice. Back underground, May is doing her best to evade the newly restored Envy, as well as the horde of doll soldiers continuing to stumble through the tunnels. She kicks one hard enough to break its neck, which of course does nothing, and she shrieks in horror as it pops its head back into place and keeps going. Envy sneers at her. It's no use. These living doll soldiers are fueled by philosopher's stones. It'll take more than that to kill them. Envy then reaches past her to grab and absorb another doll, taunting that they just keep getting stronger while Maya's running away. But May taunts right back. You don't get it, do you? It's hard to deal with a big group of these dolls, but running away from you is easy. Envy, enraged, snaps, Are you calling me inferior to those pathetic toys? They attack, and May keeps dodging, but she now has a new thought in her mind. If these dolls have had philosopher stones injected into them, I should be able to find a large stone if I can get to where they came from. Smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I admire her focus. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, she's like flipping around, running away while mm -hmm. they're like, Envy's coming after her and the dolls are coming after them. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's still like, I can get a philosopher's stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> and Beagle wasn't wrong about Central being a good place to find Philosopher's Stones. Yeah, there are a lot there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in theory. <laughs> Elsewhere in the tunnels, Ed's group is also still struggling to fight off the endless hordes of unkillable doll soldiers. Things are starting to look bad, but then a hero arrives, appearing dramatically in the doorway and taking out a slew of doll soldiers with a sudden burst of flame. You look like you could use a hand, Full Metal, Roy says, entering the room with Riza just behind. Ed grins and gripes, you sure have a knack for showing up at the last possible second, Colonel. It's like Hohenheim said. Yeah, <laughs> the hero always <laughs> arrives late. Yep. <laughs> I always love how he's like dramatically shadowed in the doorway when he shows up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. obvious that it's him. It's like it's a yeah. giant fireball. <laughs> Like who mm-hmm. could it be? <laughs> it's purely for the uh, for the aesthetics. Definitely, mm-hmm. Roy would be all about the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. He'd be all about the TikTok. <laughs> Roy pauses to take in the room and teasingly says to Riza, "This place really brings back memories, Lieutenant. I can still picture you crying. I wish I could see <laughs> such pure emotion on your face again." <laughs> Blushing slightly, she grumbles back, "I thought you didn't like water, sir. It makes your powers useless." He starts to take offense to that, then realizes that Scar is among the group there. But our post-character growth Scar just growls, We'll talk later. Hurry up and fight. Roy starts to gripe that he doesn't take orders from Scar, but Riza immediately readies her gun and says, Understood. We need to kill these white things, right? While Roy despairs over being so ignored, the others explain that it takes more than guns to kill these things, to which Riza complains that there's been a lot of that lately. (laughs) Snapping back to it, Roy says, I see, so that's why you're attacking their legs. Frustrated, Ed snaps, stop grandstanding and help us out. (laughs) Just in time for Roy to snap his fingers and burn the legs of every dull soldier around them to ashes in seconds. Ed gapes and Roy snarks, if you're having trouble with these things, you've still got a long way to go. (laughs) So much sass. Mm -hmm. In this whole fight. (laughs) Well, you're not getting any personality from the enemy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe they made fun of Risa, how dare. (laughs) (laughs) And by they, I mean Roy specifically. How rude. <laughs> it's okay. Riza had to come back. <laughs> I guess that's just how they show their affection. Yeah. It's like the subtitle, a subtitle in that frame is just like, what she really meant was, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snark and calling each other only by your military titles. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Envy and Mage Chase has taken them to the piping just above the room everyone else is in. And Envy's heavy, condensed weight is enough to crack through and send them plummeting down to join the party. <laughs> May? Ed cries in surprise, before also noticing the much less pleasant surprise of Envy. (laughs) May eagerly calls out to Mr. Scar and Mr. Edward, and comes scampering over, where Scar immediately berates her for not getting out and going back to Sheen while she could. Then Envy takes in the scene. The Full Metal Alchemist, the Flame Alchemist, and Scar. Oh, even those damn chimeras that were so nice to me up north are here too. Well then, who should I take care of first? Roy, who's been lucky enough not to meet Envy so far, notes aloud that he's pretty sure he remembers this one being the shape-shifting homunculus, and Envy dryly says that it's nice to meet him. They then try their usual tack of creating discord for funsies, mm-hmm. asking if Scar is really okay being here with one of the alchemists who did so much killing in Ishval. The Scar just bluntly says, that's right, much to Envy's disappointment. <laughs> Scar used the ultimate weapon, which was yeah. uh, no reaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your allies now? How boring. Can't you guys muster up a little grudge match? I love watching you insects fight amongst yourselves. Roy sighs. We have no time to go along with your pathetic games. But Envy keeps pushing. Pathetic? Okay then, let me ask you a question. Don't you humans also love watching fools suffer and dance about like puppets? Isn't that why you're always at war? You're right, I do enjoy watching fools being manipulated like puppets, Roy says, a bit too cheerfully. (laughs) Especially when those fools being manipulated are homunculi. Envy glares, and Roy continues, I've answered your question. Now answer mine. Who killed Maze Hughes? Envy pauses, then answers, It was Maria Ross, the one you burned to death. No, Roy says, it wasn't her. Envy, obviously still unaware of the truth here, is thrilled to hear this, and begins trying to taunt Roy for killing an innocent woman. But Roy is understandably unimpressed. For the love of God, shut up, idiot. (laughs) For the love of God, shut up, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. (laughs) I know. Mm -hmm. Even Roy's annoyed with Envy. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I've only known you for two minutes. I'm already irritated. Yeah, Mm. exactly. I totally forgot they hadn't met. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting tired of asking you homunculi this question. Just hurry up and give me the facts, you fool. Who killed Hughes? Envy, pissed off now, glowers at Roy, then begins to laugh wickedly. 
Congratulations, Colonel Mustang. You've finally found your killer. Roy is skeptical at first. I severely doubt that Hughes could have been killed by a fool like you. But Envy continues to grin. The real fool, they say, beginning to shift their shape, is Hughes for falling for a simple trick like this. And Ez and Roy's eyes go wide with horror as Envy finishes taking on Gracia Hughes's form once more. Envy laughs again. I wish you could see your face right now. What a great expression, they cried, delighted. Killing Hughes was great fun. Talk about crazy expressions. The look of despair as he thought he was being shot to death by his own beloved wife. Priceless. Eerily quiet, Roy cuts in to say, That's settled. You killed Hughes. His face then begins to twist in rage as he jerks his transmutation gloves on more firmly and snarls, Now that I know that as a fact, there's no need to say anything else, Envy. I'm going to burn you to ash, starting with your tongue. And that's the end of 93. No, I want to read more. I <sighs> know. Uh, I this this actually may have been my favorite scene in the anime. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was uh, Envy revealing it and the the fight that comes after? Mm -hmm. It's just it's uh, really good. No spoilers yeah. yet, but it's really good. Well, <laughs> well I know what I'm doing just... tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think both voice actors, the English and Japanese dubbed, just do a phenomenal job with Envy in particular. Mm -hmm. It's just oh my goodness. It it gets me. It's mm -hmm. I, I think yeah. I think I, I've mentioned before that I wasn't a huge fan of Envy. Uh, I because you find around... Envy annoying. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like it was, I, I when when Envy turned into the little bug thing, and this, I was just like, okay, I can see it. I'm glad Envy's here. <laughs> and, yeah. Envy's there to stir shit up. That's Envy's role in the yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the fact that Envy is just as annoying to characters in universe. Is what makes him like. <laughs> is what makes him great. Like, yeah, Because yeah. like even his like, the people on even the people on Envy's side are like, oh my god, shut up, please. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't find Envy that annoying. I find Envy mm -hmm. gross and creepy, but yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're just but horrible, like, like in the best way. Yeah, they're but... horrible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just just bratty and morbid mm -hmm. and trying to start shit for no reasons mm -hmm. and whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I do enjoy that everyone everyone is annoyed by them. So mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really unhappy when Envy started uh grabbing all the dolls and like adding yeah. more. Mm -hmm. This time mm -hmm. I was like, no, not this. <laughs> not more. <laughs> You're fine, Envy. You're fine. You already have enough souls or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That last panel of Roy is so good though. The, like, oh it's absolute great. fury. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. Like, we don't really see him get angry very often. Like, Not really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think about the time when they snuck into the lab before and if mm -hmm. he was angry back then, but I don't think he was even angry back then. Not really. He was, He's... like, scared and, like, frustrated, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he was all a badass because he, when he burned the shit out of mm -hmm. lust, so. Yeah, he was pretty, like, yeah. uh, cool during those scenes yes. rather than, like, raging or anything, but. Yeah. But yeah, that, that panel is pure rage. And... Mm -hmm. Because Envy killed his best friend. Yeah, we his finally child. get the the payoff of all those times he's at, been asking who killed Hughes. Every single mm -hmm. time, which was also mm -hmm. kind of annoying. <laughs> I was like, yeah. he finally knows, finally found the person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those fun things where it's like, we've known the truth since the beginning, but mm -hmm. yeah. none of the characters have. Yeah. That's true. And I feel like it's been long enough that we kind of forgot, like, how horrific it was, like, in context. Yeah. So then, like, when Envy turns into Gracia again. You're like, oh, and, no. like, And, like, Ed and Roy and then Risa in, like, a more subdued way all react with, like, absolute horror. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is why he couldn't defend mm -hmm. himself or whatever. Yeah, because it's, like, the second Envy takes on that form, it's, like, they immediately know what happened. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like Envy being like, well, Maria Ross did it. And then, like, mm -hmm. trying to, trying to, uh, mm -hmm. stir up dis, 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 whatever, dissent that way, mm -hmm. also. And then yeah. Maria's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, so you killed an innocent person? And then Maria's mm -hmm. like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice try, Envy, you little prick. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm trying to, like, start shit with Scar, and he's just like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. And then Envy has their hand like on their hip too, and it's like, yeah, like, nobody's having fun today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it is kind of nice to have Envy as a character who like does never takes anything seriously, like almost ever. 
right? Yeah. So you can always kind of like have humor in a fight when Envy's there. So, you know, there's a little break. Everybody was getting pummeled, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have Envy there to be like, I'm going to try to be annoying instead. And everybody's like, shut <laughs> the fuck up, Envy. <laughs> I don't, I guess I just don't find Envy annoying. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Beyond purposefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always just like, you little shit whenever yeah, Envy's on, on, yeah. on screen or on page. It's a, a fond annoyance, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did enjoy Bug Envy in the jar, though. That was mm-hmm. Yeah. In the past. When you said like a, I forget remember what you said in your summary, but it was like a horrible sight or something, and you said envy, and I was like, oh, I thought you were gonna say Xiaomi. <laughs> sliding <laughs> down the door. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I forget what it was. Oh, when I said like Ed is like Ed, the like less pleasant surprise of envy. <laughs> yeah, the less pleasant surprise yeah. of Xiaomi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love how they land on top of that door and then just like skid their way down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's like a little sound effect where I was like, oh, that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> it's like a or whatever, they're sliding down the door. <laughs> oh, I'm so unhappy about the zombies. <laughs> Although I did enjoy that they their tactic of like breaking all their legs did seem to work out okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by they, I mean Scar and, Scar and Ed. Yeah. Yeah. And Roy's like, oh, you want to get rid of their legs? No problem. It just like burns, incinerates all of them, mm-hmm. which is like, mm-hmm. I guess that's efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're very nice um, parts back, I guess. I guess lighting effects on that panel. <laughs> I also the panel goes across the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a full page spread, but only on the half, like the bottom mm-hmm. half, which was cool. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I like Ed's annoyance with like Roy's like cool hero stuff. He's like, just <laughs> fucking <laughs> help us. <laughs> he's like, I'm here to save the day, full metal. And he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then what did he, he said something Envy said something and then Roy was like oh don't you enjoy using people's puppets and Roy was like I do enjoy that and Ed is like what <laughs> Ed is deeply yeah. offended it was pretty funny it's like all the adults <laughs> I know are terrible yeah pretty much <laughs> no good role models only Hohenheim but he hates Hohenheim yeah <laughs> everybody's back again mm-hmm. like like they all I liked how they all like reconvened like May showed up like Roy's gang showed up met with them Mm-hmm. Yep, everyone's starting to come to the same place. Even the people aren't mm-hmm. there yet. It's like Al's group is heading back into town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a car with the yeah. job. Driven, Driven by Yoki. By Yoki. <laughs> <laughs> when Yoki showed up yeah. and was like, I did it. I was like, good job, Yoki. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud the of him. He has like tears streaming down his yeah. face as he does it. <laughs> and they're like, how did you get the car? And he's like, I, 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 like, I don't know what they did, but Yoki got, he stole it from some of the other soldiers i forget exactly what happened mm. i was like oh yoki did a thing oh he said he stole yeah. it from the soldiers that brought kimberly or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah marco like used alchemy to like knock them oh, out that's, or I was like, and then, was and then they took yeah 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 and then they took the car mm-hmm. but yeah he's like i did it yeah it's like <laughs> he did a thing yeah good job yoki i still never thought that i would actually like him mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you first yeah. met him <laughs> You're like, oh yay, he did a thing. I'm like, why am I sympathetic to Yoki? Like, <laughs> well, what Kimberly's done for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, pride eating people or the zombies eating people. Mm-hmm. I think pride eating people. Yeah. I feel like prides is more existentially horrifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> It's like, oh, don't worry, Kimberly. You'll be a part of me. At first, I thought he was going to be like, here's a philosopher's stone. Like, t- try to turn him into a homunculus mm-hmm. like they did mm-hmm. with Ling. But no, he just got mm-hmm. ate instead. Yeah. Pride's more, yeah. uh, I guess pride is more practical. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't worry. You'll be a part of me forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. The zombies eating people is just like, I did kind of sort of enjoy the one just like popping out and chomping on that the soldier yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like uh, oh no <laughs> like mm, that's not good mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are they're against Olivier so there are enemy yeah. now yeah I like how they keep trooping in to try and shoot Olivier and then just keep getting attacked by monsters <laughs> yes <Yeah, it's> good yep. <laughs> and I like Olivier at the end being like so you're gonna kill us or are you gonna kill them mm-hmm. come on yeah mm-hmm. do it I love that moment with her like we start like headbutting the, the gun, gun practically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what are you gonna no, do? It's a sound effect. <laughs> Make your choice. Yeah. She moved her head against the gun. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
and the shoulder's like, I don't know what the fuck, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna kill us just to get taken out by those things, or are you gonna stick with us? Mm-hmm. I like how she's like, clearly your superiors don't give a shit about you. So yeah, do you do? <laughs> when Olivier was like knocked out for a bit, I was like, oh no, not Lady Olivier, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she's not in good shape right now, but yeah, she's not, she's not dead, so that's good mm-hmm. for now. Yeah. I mean, and Alex, too. And Yeah, I was just going to say, like, how both her and her brother are like, we're f- fine. Fine. <laughs> Alex is like, it's just a dislocated shoulder. And she's like, it's just a fracture and, like, spitting out blood yeah. and, like, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, are you okay? I mean, <laughs> they're being Armstrongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's another moment where Olivier has one tiny sparkle. When, yeah, no. when, Al- when Alex <laughs> joins the fight. <laughs> I know, Alex is all there with her sparkly muscles, like you said, and then she's like, whatever. I forget what she says in her her hero dialogue. But yeah, mm-hmm. she's also sparkling. <laughs> I enjoyed them fighting together. Actually, it says Alex and Olivier fighting together in my notes, and then there's like three sparkly emojis. So <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's sparkling. This is very important for their mm-hmm. fighting potential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex Armstrong mm-hmm. impaling sloth on the pike, on the whatever like the thing that he transmuted out of the ground mm-hmm. was yeah. pretty great yeah I mean, it's horrifying but it's pretty great mm-hmm. yeah i feel like our car is like what's the most horrifying way i could draw this impalement it's like, <laughs> like through the he... mouth and with the arm like halfway oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like half of his arm and his face yeah and then mm-hmm. i like when he like regenerates and starts to get up and like breaks the chunk off and it's like still in his head it's disgusting mm-hmm. and great mm-hmm. i loved it <laughs> yeah really good fight scenes in these chapters mm-hmm. yeah. hard to Hard to summarize because, you know, they're fight scenes, but I'm like, they really, they just look really cool. Yeah, but they were mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's especially fun seeing um, someone who isn't Kimberly using a philosopher's stone in, fight, in a fight. Because mm-hmm. Kimberly mostly mm-hmm. uses it as a, like, make bigger explosion button. But um, Kimberly, yeah. Kimberly isn't as creative as Ed and Al. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, mm-hmm. makes different explosions. That's, like, all he does with his alchemy, yeah. which makes sense, yeah. I guess. And he has his specialized tattoos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Al was like fixing his armor, and then he like made a sword out of part of his armor, and he like did all these different things. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and made mm-hmm. the sword like twist around a corner, and <laughs> yeah, he bent it. Yeah, to mm-hmm. avoid um, pride shadow or whatever, and stuff yeah. like that, mm-hmm. or like attack pride around the shadow or something. I forget exactly, but mm-hmm. he did a bunch of shit. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, as opposed to Kimberly, who's just like more explosions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that uh, Pride got fooled by Al uh, in the same trick where, you know, Al was a decoy just waiting to get caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time, instead of being, you know, yeah, encaged, they, uh, he got hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he got Kimberly be- thrown at him. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Both hilarious and, and, uh, it's because Pride's too prideful to think he could get, yeah, you know, outsmarted by mere humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's like, you won't get away from here. And Al's like, want to bet on it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Yoki rolls up in a car. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the, like, because like, even though he has the Philosopher's Stone, he doesn't know much about medical alchemy, but Marco does. So yeah, I was wondering he passed the gonna... Philosopher's Stone off to Marco to, to fix Heinkel. Heinkel. <laughs> last time I was like, oh, he has the stone. I wonder, like, in between this time and last time, I was like, I wonder if he's going to be able to heal Heinkel. But he he didn't. But it's he got Marco too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought Marco was gonna like do something when they showed him, but then no, it just turned out that was also a, kind of a distraction. And then Heinkel comes in from behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Heinkel's initial speech to Al too at the beginning. I loved that. To like just yeah. to justify yeah. using the Philosopher's Stone. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to protect what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like the panel of him dropping the Philosopher's Stone into Al's hands. And yeah. That says, let's fight the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like a really concise... This is the first time I feel like we have like any kind of alternative, like take positive take on using the Philosopher's Stone. Like, it's always mm-hmm. like, like, no, it's souls. I can't. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's like, or Kimberly being like, who gives a shit? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like, why don't you use this power from other people to save mm-hmm. everyone else? Which is pretty yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like. I also enjoyed, you mentioned it specifically, like, we, we kind of stopped and talked about it earlier, like Kimberly's um, discussion with Al, like his sort of philosophical mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's like, what about 
you, well, you can't you can't just save Amestris. You you can't save yourself. You have to save yourself or save Amestris. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not both? And he's like, interesting. Mm-hmm. But why not neither? And I was yeah. like, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll work out that way. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I like how Kimberly's like. He's very consistent in his like belief system. Like he has his own mm-hmm. like stuff that he sticks to, but he really respects other people having their own yeah, like, like belief mm-hmm. system with Thoughts. reasoning behind it and everything. And so like anytime he hears someone with like their own like reasoning, he's like, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would it almost seems like he tries to prove that he's the best in that system, right? Because mm-hmm. like with the, I feel like I, I don't know, he adopted survival of the physicist, I think. I don't know if that was necessarily his like core belief at the beginning it was like this is the pe- the way that they believe you know this is how i interpret it mm-hmm. and um same with with you know when he he- heard al like oh I- why not both i can you know ignore equivalent exchanges like well why can't i do that let me show you that i can do that mm-hmm. instead um it's, yeah it's interesting it's cool i i really like how he yeah wants to i guess prove himself uh in like the the games of other people maybe because i think yeah mm-hmm. even even with the homunculus their game is to like annihilate the humans and like bring about a new uh race or whatever yeah whatever we don't um, even know really yeah but mm-hmm. something and uh he's like well i'll be there i'll uh stand above them mm-hmm. or well you know above that's... the other humans at least and, yeah that's you know. the ideal situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah i so. mean He's constantly basically putting himself into a position where he has to fight to figure out, like, if he's, like, good enough to live in the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turned out this situation, he wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess he got his answer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, even, even just in his, like, kind of regular belief system, I guess his everyday, that's, like, his, like, his almost, like... I don't know. Not purpose in life, but his, like, what he's uh, trying to do. But then he mm-hmm. has, like, a bunch of everyday sort of, like, things that he believes are true and not true. Yeah. Um, or kind of, like, universal truths. Mm-hmm. So, outgoing against that or other people kind of not... He's. It, it's interesting that he, he... I don't know. It's kind of like... It's like he, he understands... I feel like what it is is that he... He understands, like, the rules of life or nature, the way that he thinks that they are, and then just has decided that he's, like, above them or different, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. decided that, has decided that the way to prove if he's, if he can survive in the world is to constantly be in the throes of battle. But if somebody questions that, or if someone brings up something that sort of, like, almost, like, undermines that point of view, he's like, hmm, interesting. Like, mm-hmm. it's never, like, just out of the possibility. Mm-hmm. He's not like other characters in the story who, like, never change their mind. It's just mm-hmm. that he's like, has his single-minded sort of like goal, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh well, rip. <laughs> <laughs> as as far as we know, at least, I feel like sometimes with these things you never know. Like mm-hmm. if Pride eats mm-hmm. him, can he be separated from Pride? Like I don't know. This is like the inverse of Greedling, right? Mm-hmm. Like Greed is in mm-hmm. Link's body, and Kimberly's in Pride's body. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. I don't want to think about it too much. I just want to find out if it happens mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> oh, one thing I just noticed it in my notes that we didn't talk about with the Olivier and Armstrong fighting is like Armstrong is, or Alex Armstrong is like, but you need to sign the documents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't die. Yeah. Then I need to become head of the family. You need to sign things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bickering about inheritance while they have guns held to their heads. Yeah. That <laughs> one must saying to have it better than you. And then, yeah, everyone, all the soldiers are like, WTF. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing about Al and Kimberly's fight, just to transition back completely back to what we were talking about just now, is that uh, Al says that, or like the way, what he says, and that he says, um, uh, like he says something about humans looking for new possibilities instead of being bound by general principles, like when they're talking mm-hmm, about equivalent mm-hmm. exchange. So, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just... I think that's the foundation of science, which yeah. I think, yes. uh, you know, alchemy has very much been sort of the science of yeah, the possible. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the first time we've really seen someone like 
question equivalent exchange in that way. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, beyond, I, like, villains with philosopher's stones being like, I can do anything, but... <laughs> Ma, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, like, a... I think what my interpretation of it is not that they're questioning that equivalent exchange is real or not. I mean, I guess that's one way to interpret it. But I think it's the idea that they can't they can't save the world without saving themselves. Like, is that mm-hmm. really equivalent exchange? Like, they're not the same thing, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Like, maybe, um. I guess the thinking mm-hmm. is they both have to use the Philosopher's Stone, or, like, everyone thinks they're going to have to use the Philosopher's Stone to do both or whatever, so therefore you can't maybe. do one mm-hmm. and do the other, but... Yeah, well, I mm-hmm. think that's, like, the root of the argument, but, it, like, Al seems to kind of, like, expand it to, like, questioning equivalent exchange when Kimberly brings it up, because he's like, mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. science is based on trying to find... New answers. Like, new answers, yeah. yeah. And then Kimberly, but Kimberly at the same time is like, well, you could also just fail, which yeah. is also <laughs> an outcome, also a possibility, which is not equivalent in exchange in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like, neither of those things could also be true. Yeah. So, you may end up with nothing. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like, it's the risk of trying, you know, to further science and further human possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love being like, Saying, I love Al just being like, what if I do both? <laughs> <laughs> or you fly too close to the sun and then you end up with a crazy doll army that chomps your face off when you actually <laughs> That is not how I remember that story ending. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember the ancient Greek myth of the doll army <laughs> that attacked everyone? <laughs> to make that more serious, it's like that was in like the Icarus moment in this series was like in the first chapter, but man, that's a good moment. It's like just such a good series. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you mean in the first? Oh, you mean when they made like when he when made Ed, a reference to Icarus? Yeah, when Ed like yeah. makes mm-hmm. that like they're like, oh yeah, but <laughs> that story and like Al's like looking away and Rose is like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, Ed also referenced it pretty recently too when he was like. Yeah, well, when you want too much, then you end up like this or whatever, pointing mm-hmm. to this, like, automail arm. So it's kind yeah. of the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ingrid was like, fuck that. <laughs> I want everything. want all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Money, women, power, all my mm-hmm. limbs, etc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what he said, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good series. It's really good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy every time I read it. Mm-hmm. Even when things are yeah. like, even when people are getting impaled, I'm like, <laughs> oh no. And then secretly in my head, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time where I said like, and then they got impaled <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> and was like cackling gleefully, it's because it's enjoyable. The story is <laughs> good. <laughs> like you, <ew>, but I could definitely do with Envy being dead again, though. I hope that <laughs> next time, next time Roy will like beat the shit out of them. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's like Roy's pretty fucking pissed, so. And he knows how to kill the homunculi, so Envy better mm-hmm. watch out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on the upside, if if they kill Envy, then they'll have gotten rid of a lot of the doll army too, because yeah. Envy's <laughs> dolled them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a win-win for everyone mm-hmm. except for Envy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and the dolls, yeah. Yeah, we're the dolls. <laughs> I don't have any other notes that I made. I mean, we didn't talk about Sloth going full Sonic mode. Oh, I yeah. totally forgot about that. Yeah, Sloth <laughs> is like, yes, I'm the fastest homunculus. <laughs> and then Olivier and Alex are like, he was like holding back all this this whole time because he's yeah. lazy. <laughs> like, yeah. <I> love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole the whole fight is good because it's like Olivier and Alex and their sparkliness and their bickering and then Sloth being like this is too hard and then like Sonic moaning at them as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. whole thing was and then all the soldiers coming <laughs> in and being fast. like <laughs> run around and speed around. <laughs> They're like <laughs> the soldiers are coming in and being like we're here to kill you. Whoa, what the fuck is that? And then yeah. like getting eaten like over and over yeah. again. It was pretty comedic actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's gruesome, yeah. but it's really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Olivia's like, I wouldn't have had all your soldiers together like that after they're already dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then more come in and she's like, so are you going to attack them or what? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. I love you, Olivia. You've been able to fanboy over Ling recently. <laughs> I know. It, I'm saving it up, you know. <laughs> I hope Ling comes back soon. 
Mm-hmm. Greedling can't be far away if he wants to take over everything. So. Mm-hmm. The king of the universe or whatever. King of the world! Mm-hmm. Then he'll be like, never let go, Lon Fun! And then she'll <laughs> let him slip into the slip into the sea. <laughs> While sad, like, flute music plays. <laughs> <laughs> Any other things that you wanna, guys want to say? Y'all? You? Ye? All ye? <laughs> Do you think the youth watched that movie? I think there's been enough references that they probably understand the reference, even if it's just like the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially that scene and those those two scenes in particular. (laughs) Later, they'll be in a steamy car making out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the other scene that always gets referenced, right? Oh no, draw me like one of your draw me like one of yours. I was gonna say French (laughs) homunculi. It's just gluttony laying on the couch, like. (laughs) that's all you need to see from that movie anyway (laughs) i'm not even gonna say what it is they can just google it (laughs) like we don't need to they know but like one person who didn't understand is like trying to google variations on like draw me like a french something never like a Steamy car makeout scene, <laughs> 90s movie. <laughs> Maybe you could Google him King of the World and you could find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the only unaltered quote that was mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, good times. Mm-hmm. We're, la- we're like laughing at our own jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have to make sure somebody does. Yeah. <laughs> Any other things that you wanna, guys want to say? Y'all? You? Ye? All ye? it was good I mean yeah are you just happy because it was only two chapters Uh, that did make me happy (laughs) it was two chapters with a lot of fighting so it was both a short uh, recap and a short discussion I think right yeah Mm -hmm. but we talked about all the important things oh yeah like how Lady Olivier is great Mm-hmm. Most importantly, and how envy is a twerp. Yeah. <laughs> <Second> <laughs> most importantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What are we going to read next week? Next week, we are reading 94 and 95. Cool. Ooh. Good. Let's stop recording so I can read. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> except I'm not joking. I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking right. forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep. should be good Can't stuff. Can't wait to see Envy get burned to a crisp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Starting with and, his tongue. <laughs> right, starting with his tongue. Mm-hmm. More violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, if we're all good, then thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. We sure will. Ye. Bye. <laughs> Just <Bye-bye>. ye. <laughs> ye. <laughs> Short and sweet. Our new yeah. sign off. Ye. And that's it. <laughs> Make it as short as possible so I can go read. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Awesome. Are you going to troll me today? No. <laughs> you sound like you were us? still considering it. Yeah, he's. I think he's trying to think about it, but he hasn't thought about it, a way to do it yet. <laughs> yeah. I just hear distant bird exploring noises. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like, and then like the sound of feathers yeah, ruffling like scrape, and like scrapey noises as he's <laughs> climbing stuff. Do you hear the sound of me eating a chicken finger? <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> Do you, Ellen? Huh? Do well, I? I'm talking to future Ellen, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't speak for As you're listening, you're like, I do. I hear the sound of me eating a chicken. <laughs> and, then just, and then sad music plays, and I, I shed a single tear, and then spend 20 minutes deleting it around what everybody else is saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody ready? Yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nobody was eating a chicken finger. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever like edit out like some nonsense and then like 
when we start talking again, we're like giggly for no reason in, mm-hmm. in the final episode. Or you'll be like in the middle of your narration and we, we paused for something like, I can't remember what it was last time, but we talked about something and I was like, this isn't relevant. So I cut it. And then when you came back and it was like serious narration, but you can tell that you're like still chuckling a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> like, like, and then they did blah, blah, blah or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's going to sound weird out of context. Oh, well. <laughs> 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 or or people who are like really paying attention will be like well, what the fuck are they laughing about that thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then i cut all the rants to the end sometimes i leave in the dialogue that i left in so that it's clear what it was mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a mystery sometimes i leave <laughs> yeah. in all the rant because then we reference it later and i know that we i made the mistake also of cutting out dumb shit and then we kept making references to it later yeah <laughs> so sometimes i had to go back and recut in dumb things that we said so i because <laughs> we can't let a joke go no yeah. exactly it's the kind of people we are so i know that and like i knew last time for example cosm trolled me about the dumpling master from the east and the west and i knew that we made a joke about it later at some point so i knew i had to keep it so you're welcome everyone who listened to the whole thing <laughs> And then we were I talking about fireworks at the end, so I was going to cut out all the firework noises from my background, but I couldn't because you were like, <laughs> you're like, okay, well, anyway, since there's things exploding, time for us to say goodbye. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I can't cut that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> as an example, <laughs> you're welcome. You're all welcome for our, our horrible taste and humor. I'm sorry, I never appreciated how much work and thought you put into all this. <laughs> we always just took you for granted. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you admitted that you took you for granted. I mean, <laughs> mm. Not you, not you. Editing Ellen. Oh, future Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't yeah. care about her. She's, she's tomorrow's problem. <laughs> I only do this podcast so I can talk to her. It's okay. the only time I get. Editing Ellen through the through the time through the timeline. <laughs> so that it's like that movie where there's like the it's letters like in the, the mailbox that <laughs> Oh, like, um, the notebook or whatever. Wait, is that it? No, Am I crazy. It's uh oh it's no like no. The, it's like on a it's like that lake house or boat house or yeah I know what you're talking about something I don't know mailbox yeah. and they let us like time travel or whatever the fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, what is it called? Isn't Orlando Bloom in it? Am I crazy? I have no idea. Here, go on your go on your cage. Don't try to bite me. I'll pay. I'll beat you. I'll beat you. Wow, that's captured on film. It's captured, it's captured in this recording. Am I going to have to send it to him for his court case later? <laughs> Time. Me, me saying I'll beat you in a cutesy voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a threat. <laughs> it's it just called the lake house? <laughs> I googled the... <laughs> there can't possibly be more than one. The lake house is a fantasy drama film, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I was like, I know there's like people in it. Like famous. famous I know there were people in it. (laughs) Oh, like famous people. You know what I mean. (laughs) She's leaving a lake house that she's running in Chicago. She leaves a note in the mailbox for the next tenant to forward her mail. Blah, 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 blah. Two years earlier, dude arrives at the lake house and finds a letter in the mailbox. Well, they're only two years apart. I thought they were like decades apart. I thought it was like a. I don't know. I only read the first part of the summary. Maybe it takes place over many years. I just think that's more boring. Yeah, it goes back to... It goes ahead to 2008? Oh, no. No, you're right. They're only two years apart. (laughs) But Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock are in it. It must be great. (laughs) Do you want me to see how many... What was the the rating thing that you were using before where you said that 6.5 was your... Oh, uh, the IMDb rating. (laughs) Oh, Kayla, it's rated 6.8. It's the movie for you. Oh, I don't know. That might be too good. <laughs> it has to be 6.5 or lower. It's like 6.1 to 6.5, maybe 6.6. That's my range. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just over 50% satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready to talk about FMA? Or do you want to talk about <laughs> <Yes>. the Lake House? <laughs> All I know about the Lake House is the basic premise, and apparently I didn't even know that that well, since I thought they were in, like... I thought it was going to be, like, the modern day and, like, the, the other one's in, like, the 1920s or something. <laughs> you would think. That would be way more interesting, but no. Mm-hmm. Unless. Uh, I guess time-traveling mailboxes don't go that far back. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, like, five seconds of it on TV. So that's how I knew what you were mm-hmm. talking about. 
Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't didn't know the plot either. So yeah, I remember seeing like the trailers because they were really hyping that movie when it. Was yeah, because out. it has Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> An all-star cast. I can't see that. <laughs> Please start talking about FMA. <laughs> With that, he sends a sharp shot. You this is it. the part. This is the part I was talking about. <laughs> you already made it through two. That I, I know. So far. Mm-hmm. It's like, with that, he sends a sharp shadow shooting toward Marco. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You did it. You did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> awesome. Our other listeners want you to watch Fruits Basket. Will you do it? And sure. then tweet about it? <laughs> I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> you'd be like, but he, you'd be will... like, but here's my MySpace. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <That's... laughs> no, just <laughs> they just send me their address and I'll write a, a you know, 120, 128 character letter and send it to them. <laughs> oh, they can send postcards. You can fit yeah. 144 characters on there, however many it is now. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like multiple, like multiple tweets, you can just send multiple and then put like one of two. Mm-hmm. And then- <laughs>